You are listening to the Feast Podcast from the Light of Jesus family. We share heartfelt and inspirational messages for you to reflect on and pray about. May this message help you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself to God's unlimited blessings. Good morning! Are you happy to be here today? I am very, very much honored and happy to be here today. Um, I came from the province of Laguna in Binyan. Before, I used to serve in feast in SM Santa Rosa, and now I start a feast. It's a five-month-old feast in Southwoods, Binyan. Who among here are expecting more blessings? Raise your hands. And grabe iba. Woo! Ganun, di ba? Who among here are expecting more love? Nox. Sino ang in love today? <laughs> Kindly look at the person beside you and tell that person, you're so in love today. Talking about love, I'm going to share a story when I was still single and I just met this wonderful woman now is my wife. And we were the first time we dated in Manila and then going back to Laguna, we were riding a bus and then, ang sarap lang nakabas kasi alam you're not driving so you're free to talk, you're free to look at each other. And then I realized, because friends pa lang kaming dalawa, have you ever experienced looking in one direction but you can see in your peripheral vision? You experience that? Diba? So, nakatingin akong ganun so vincial. But on my peripheral vision, sabi ko, I can see her looking at me. In, in fact, she's staring at me. So, so parang sabi ko, Lord, nakatingin ba siya sa akin? So, labas ko yung phone, try to check mo ng konti. Nakatingin. Tingin dito, nakatingin. So, I can't take it anymore. Tumingin ako sa kanya. When I looked at her, there she was looking at me, staring at me. Nakaganyan, nakasumayal. Saan gwapo ko? I was waiting for, for, for her to, to, to say those words na parang, Drews, ang gwapo mo, ganyan. But then she just smiled at me and sabi niya ganito, Drews, ang nipis na ng buhok mo, no? Alam nyo, kaya when my friends tell me that, nag-meet kami ng reunion, Drews, what happened to your hair? Ah, wag nyo pa sinasabi ko, I'm not losing hair, I'm just gaining more face. <laughs> Tandaan nyo yan, sabi ko, bumababalan yung kilay ko, okay? Ganyan lang nangyayari dyan. And after nyo sabihin nyo, sabi ko, wala eh, kasi puro jello ko before, since high school, elementary, high school, I love yung hairstyle na nakataas, puro gel, puro gel, spray net and gel. Sabi niya sa akin, alam mo, Drews, mas bagay sa'yo yung walang gel. Pag-uwi ko ng bahay, tanggal ng gel. Wala na, di na ako nag-gel. And I love it. I really love it. Ask me why. It changed me. You know, because she saw the good in me, the natural guapo na walang gel. And I love it because a natural change happened in me. In fact, who among you wants to have a good change in your life? Raise your hands. Good change, good change. If A good change can only come from, from, a, from a real love. Amen? Sabi nga natin, it's... The call for repentance of John the Baptist is not for us to, to have a fear of hell, but to have more appetite for heaven. Amen? In fact, there was this robot created in Japan. The, the purpose of this robot is to, to capture all the thieves in that country. So for, nilagay nila sa heart of Tokyo yung robot, and in five months, in five months, 100 thieves na nahuli nila. 100. Sabi nila, wow, effective. So nilipat nila, try it in China. Nilagay nila sa China. Shanghai, nilagay nila doon. Five weeks. In five weeks, 200 na capture nila. Sabi nila, oh, let's try in India. 
So in India, nilagay na sa gitna ng robot, five days, 500 thieves ang nahuli. Ito na. Let's try Philippines. So nilagay si robot in the heart of Quiapo. In less than five minutes, nawala si robot. <laughs> How can it be the same robot, different experience, different results? John the Baptist and the Pharisees, they have the same call for repentance. The same call for repentance. But John the Baptist is, Adami, people are being converted because of John the Baptist, but to the Pharisees, very, very, very few. Why? Why? Because the, the Pharisees lack four things from talk one to talk four. They lack mercy, authenticity, practicality, and talk number four now, they lack humility. Kindly tap the person beside you to be humble. Be humble. Singing, let's try this. Do, do you think the person beside you is humble? You believe that? Singing, let's just try this. Sabi mo sa kanya, you look so humble. Sabi mo, I know, right? I just love this because when John the Baptist was baptizing, I, I, I'm gonna let this. I, I'm gonna let you know that baptism wasn't invited. Uh, wasn't invented by John the Baptist. No, there was already a ritual, a Jewish ritual even before. It's called tevila. Uh, it's called. Um, I think yung, yung, yung immersion to water, it's for purity. Ang tawag na dyan, they have to cleanse before you worship. You have to cleanse yourself before you go in, in front of the Lord and you have to pray. People immerse themselves into water. The, the high priests do that so that when they go out, they're clean. In fact, in the Old Testament, every time they touch blood or dead animals, unclean ka na. So you have to, to be pure. So that's what they do. So when John the Baptist was baptizing with water, it wasn't new for them. People were not saying, oh, ano ginagawa niyan? What's that? Hindi sabi dyan, pare, baptism to. Hindi ganun yun. They already knew what was happening. And John the Baptist, he was calling for repentance. Because nowadays, baptism is, welcome to the Christian world. Welcome to the Catholic family. That's baptism. Welcome to the family of Jesus. But during that time, every time you immerse in water, it's called purity. You want to be pure. It's a call for repentance. You cannot go in front of the Lord with your sins, so you have to be pure. You have to be cleansed. So when John the Baptist was giving a call of repentance, the Pharisees didn't want to, to, to be baptized by John the Baptist. Why? We're better than him. Who's that provinciano guy? Kaya provinciano. Because they think that they are better than John the Baptist. They think they know the law better than John the Baptist. They think even that maybe John the Baptist is having a lot of wrong grammars. In fact, they know I love my wife so much. He's my best lover and best critic at the same time. Panagbibigay ako ng talk in Laguna. After kong bumaba sa stage, my wife will approach me. Embrace me, Drews. Praise the Lord. Ang ganda ng talk. Na-bless ako. Ang daming na-bless. Mali yung grammar mo kanina. And maybe the Pharisees were doing the same. Why would I believe or follow John the Baptist? He looks like a provinciano to me. We're better than him. The pride of the Pharisees. And maybe today, God is calling us for repentance. And the same thing we're saying, no, we don't need that. I just had my confession two weeks ago or a week ago. I don't need that. But then someone who doesn't need to be baptized wanted to be baptized. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 7 to 17, verses 13, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. 
But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. Matthew is giving a beautiful contrast here. The question is, who are you following? When you allow spiritual pride, spiritual arrogance to happen in your life and say, no, I don't need the Lord. I'm okay. Mas kailangan mo ang sa akin. We're following the Pharisees. But every time we humble ourselves, we're following Jesus. Please tell the person beside you, follow Jesus. Who are you following? We follow Jesus. It's a call for humility. That's why Jesus was saying in another verse in Matthew chapter 7, And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? See the comparison, speck versus a log, unlucky. Because Jesus was simply t- saying this, which is the bigger sin? What they're doing right now? Or are you judging other people? Which is the greater sin? So before you remove the speck from the other person's eye, you have to remove the log in front of her eyes. You can't call anyone to repent if you don't see the log in your own eye. And this is the danger in preaching God's word. When every time I, I have reunions with my classmates in high school, laging itong tanong nila sa akin, Drus, what happened to you? But nasa church ka? Ba't ganyan ka? Ikaw, isa ka sa mga bully no high school tayo. And people will not believe you, di ba? Talaga, you're preaching God's word? Are you applying God's word? And that's the problem with that. One wise man said, Christianity is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Because in reality, we all need Christ. Amen? We all need Christ. As I end my message, who wants, who, again, who among you here wants to be blessed today? Raise your hands. Who wants to receive more love today? Who wants answered prayers? Tika lang, ano lang ha, sige. Isa-isahin ko lang, mabilis lang ha. Who wants to have a great family? Ah, praise the Lord. Who wants to lose weight? Tinitino ko yung ganun talaga, yo. Dami. Who wants to pay off, to, to pay all of, of their debts? Lahat na nakaraisans, pakitapik, sabi mo, mababayaran na yan. Bayaran mo lang. God is calling us to be humble. I remember this, the first time me and my wife decided to be best of friends first before we became girlfriend and boyfriend. We made this decision, this agreement that we have to be open to each other. Can you say, be open? So we were there in Greenbelt Church one evening. Then the two of us, sabi namin, if you want to make this work, we have to be open. No secrets, all past exposed, all weaknesses, all problems, the present and our future plans. And it worked for us. It worked for us to be open. It worked so much that even the day that I planned to, ha- to give her a very beautiful proposal, nakita niya. We were dri- I was driving going to Tarlac. We were going to a wake. Take note, wake. Malungkot kami, may namatay. And suddenly, my phone beeped. And since we're very much open, sabi ko, baby, can you open, baby, patawag ko ngayon, mommy na, baby, can you open my phone? Can you check who texted me? So, tinignan niya yung phone. Pag tingin niya, uy, si Blank, sabi niya, Drews, ready na yung sing-sing para kay love. And I was like, oh my God. 
Tapos si, si Daddy, si Tito pa nung araw, kumalabit sa likod. Nak, nak. Kailangan pa nasingsing ngayon. Believe me, we were in the wake. Yung utang ko parang, Patrip, Lord, Patrip, bakit na nalaman? Bakit pinabasok yung phone? Tapos pagtingin ko sa kanya, siya naman, Wake! Diba? Tapos all throughout, pauwi ng bahay, pauwi ng bahay. Every day sa office, binadrap uh, siya sa office, uh, the, the question she always asks me is this, nasa yun na yung sing-sing? Wala pa, wala pa. And then one day, yan, nag-text, di ako marunong magsinangaling eh. Beep! Who's that? Si, si Blanc, nandun na yung sing-sing? Nandiyan na, labas ako ng office. Pagpasok ko sa office, patingin. Sabi ko, antayin mo naman, bibigay ko rin sa'yo. Picturean ko lang. Sabi ko, I, mo, I'm gonna propose to you. And then I, I remember the, the day of proposal, February 13, hindi ko madilimot yan. Ask me why. Ash Wednesday. Ang saya, ba? Araw ng Ash. And then, yung plan ko, hindi rin natuloy. And then what happened? To cut the story short, pumunta kami sa favorite dinner place namin. So alam nyo na, favorite dinner place natin. Pag-upong-pag-upo namin, ibibigay mo na. Sabi ko, wait lang. Bigyan mo ko ng moment. Few minutes lang. Sabi ko, you know what? I'm not gonna ask you. I'm not gonna pop the question anymore. Will you marry me? Because you're asking for my ring already. Sabi ko, so nilabas ko yung sing. Sabi ko, you know what? I'm just gonna tell you right now. Let's get married. After that, you know what happened? I realized that marriage is that. It doesn't stop. It just start and stop during the time of proposal and wedding day. It's, it's that every day, I have to bend one knee and propose to her and court her and love her, work hard for the family. And the good thing is this, every day, she always says yes to my proposal. Hindi madali. But why I share that to you? Please tap the person beside you. Sabi no friend, you're married. Whether you like it or not, we're all married to God. God is the groom. Jesus is the groom. We, the church, is His bride. And if we really want to make things work, we have to be open to our groom. We have to be open to our lover. And that's called humility. That is called humility. There is healing in humility. You want a great life? Be humble before the Lord. Amen? The world today is telling us this. It's okay. Love ka naman ni Lord. You don't have to change. My dear friends, real love changes us. It, it brings us closer to the image of the Lord. If not, it's not God's love. The problem is this. We want to define success in our own definition. That's why it makes life complicated. Humility is asking Lord, Lord, what is success to you? I'm open to your direction. I'm open to your guidance. Lead me. I made a mistake. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm going to, I'll go to confession. Modern world says, I'm okay, you're okay. Okay na yan. Spiritual arrogance will say, I'm okay, you're not okay. I, you, you need God. I don't need Him anymore. But what, we, what, what, we're, what we're experiencing right now is this. I'm not okay. You're not okay. We're not okay. But we all need Jesus. We all need Jesus. Do you know that it's very difficult for me to preach God's Word every Sunday? Ask me why. Because I know I'm not 100% 
I'm not 100% sinless. I'm not 100% strong. Fear comes in. Insecurities comes in. Doubt comes in. Worries comes in. But where do I, I, I get my strength? Ask me where. Because I know it's not about my weakness. It's about God's love and strength in my life. As you go back to your homes, to your office, to your families, make it about Jesus. Be humble. Ask the Lord, Lord, which area of my life do I have spiritual arrogance? When I see brothers and sisters, do I see titles? Do I see names? Do I see positions? Or do I see creations, brothers and sisters? That we're all equal. We respect the titles, but we're all equal, needing to be saved, needing to be loved by the Lord. Amen? I'm going to call on again your wonderful, handsome, humble builder brother, Odi Villaraza. Another big hand up for Drews. Thank you, brother. Lamang ako kay Drews sa kapal ng buhok ko. One more time, say to your neighbor, be humble. One of the ways of being humble is that you are vulnerable. Everybody say vulnerable. You're vulnerable to people. And I say this very loosely. You need to know this, that vulnerability is powerful. Can you say that? Vulnerability is powerful. That's right. Let me explain why. I have been preaching here in PICC, in the AM Feast at least, for, for maybe about roughly around three years. And, and I have preached, I, I tried to count it, maybe about 150 plus messages, you know, give or take, since the time I started between ministry and maybe the corporate industry, right? I'm a motivational speaker, by the way, on my off days. And so some of you might have some favorite talks that I've given. I don't know if the, maybe one, hopefully one of you would have a favorite talk that I gave. But one of the most powerful talks, at least to me, that I gave based on how people responded online and offline was a talk I gave two years ago or somewhat around two years ago when I preached about Jonah and Paul. You will remember this when I preached it on stage while sitting on a boat. How many of you remember that? That's good. And I knew that it was powerful because this was the story when I shared about my past, about what happened in my life, how I got my heart broken, how I ended up bankrupt and how I owed millions and how I almost ran away from family. My mom knows this. She's sitting right there. And, and I knew that it was a powerful talk how when I went down, down on the stage, a lot of people walked up to me and said, brother, I'm also in the same place. You know, I could relate. And then... A lot of people connected with me online. And one of the things that I learned is there are a lot of people who have money problems. Do you have money problems? Raise your hand. Come on. See, you're not alone. You have brothers and sisters in debt, not in Christ, in debt also. You're not alone. But the other thing that I learned is that when you share your story, when you share your life from a platform of authenticity, from a platform of transparency, automatically it connects you to people right? It makes you relatable to people. And, and I, th I thought about this the entire week, how being on a platform every Sunday, being on stage, this is just one platform, by the way. Some of you might have different platforms. Maybe your platform in, in life would be the social media life that you're living. Or maybe for some of you, your platform would be the company, that, that the position that you have in that company. Or maybe even the position that you have in society. That's your platform. See, the reason that there's a danger in, in stepping on a platform is sometimes we put ourselves not on a platform, Platform, but on a pedestal. When we put ourselves in a pedestal, it, it draws people away and it, it makes them even farther 
they won't be able, they, 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 don't, they cannot relate to you. They cannot connect with you. That's what Brother Bo wrote in his bulletin, how there was a priest one time who said, in my homiletics class, they taught us that whenever we would do the homily, we would not use personal stories. Instead, we would just stick to the gospel. And so that's what he did for the first few years of his priesthood until he felt that somehow people in his congregation felt disconnected. There was no connection to his parishioners until he decided to share about his story and immediately people started connecting with him. See, there's a sense in which sometimes when you put a mask to people in society, it sort of distances them from you. Because they cannot see. They, they, they think, because I'm on a stage, I'm on a platform, oh, he's better than me. Why is my leader's life so holy while my life is so messy? That's what the platform does. It confuses people to think. But see, one of the greatest and most important things or foundational principles, if you want to be a good leader or a great leader or a great influencer, is that you become accessible to people. Everybody say accessible. You got to be accessible to people. The reason why Jesus was so effective in His ministry was because He was accessible to people. That's the reason why the woman who was sick for years was able to touch His cloak. Why? Because He was in the crowd. He was accessible to people. You want to be the kind of person like Jesus who would be accessible to people. That's why that's my question to you. In your own life today, are you giving access to the people in your life? Are you accessible to your loved ones? Do you give time to see them or do you just scene zone them? Hmm? Do you just scene zone them? You got to be accessible to the people you love. See, when you, when you give access to people and when you share your mess, here's what happens. You are giving them a direct message that says, I'm not the Savior. I'm not the answer. I'm not the one you're looking for. I'm just the front act. Jesus is the answer. He's the main act. He's the one you should run to. So that's the place of humility. You know, if you want to be a good leader or a good friend, you got to share your problems with people. Open up your life. You know, share your doubts, share your issues, share your sins. Can you do that right now? Can you share your sin to the person beside you? Okay. If you actually shared, you got issues. You share that with your inner circle. But you see, you got to share your life with other people. That's what I mean. That's what John the Baptist did. He made himself accessible and he was used by Jesus. But you see, John was a different kind of guy. He was a provinciano. He, he was so humble because he allowed Jesus to use him. Let me say this, all right? One of the most frequent things that people would, would often ask me, whether it's an attendee or a servant, is they would often say, Brother Audi, do you still get scared when you go on stage? And they get shocked every time I say, yes, I do. I get, I get scared. And they're like, really? Every Sunday you're there, you're preaching. You still get scared? Yes, every Sunday I preach. And yes, I still get scared. Really? Even if it's just one time? Yes, even if it's just one time. Why do you think my hands are glistening like, 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 you know, like this? Every single Sunday. You know? Glistening like a diamond. It's because I'm afraid every time I step on stage, whether it's just one person or whether it's thousands of people. It doesn't matter. But here's the thing. It's good to feel that fear from time to time. And let me explain to you why. Because one of the things I always teach worship leaders or, 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 or speakers who want to learn from me, I always tell them, and I will say this in Tagalog, I will say this in this way, matakot ka kung hindi ka natakot. 
In English, be scared if you're no longer scared. Okay, you get what I'm, what I'm trying to say? The day that I actually come up on stage and I no longer fe- feel fear in my heart and in my belly, I know that I'm no longer relying on God's grace, but I'm relying on my own capabilities. That's what I mean. I'm no longer desperate for His strength to come upon my life and to use me for His glory. So you got to come up with that, with, that, with that desperation from the Lord. One of the things that calms me the most See, let me qualify first, okay? Some of you might be thinking, Brother Audi is, is scared right now. Okay, I'm not scared the entire time I'm here on stage. The moment I feel fear is every time I'm there backstage before I'm about to come out. If you only saw me, if they open the curtains right before I come out, you know what I'm doing? I'm doing like this. I need to go to the CR. You know, I'm, I'm twisting. I need to go to the bathroom because I get so scared. But you know what calms me the most? It's every time in those precious moments when I'm backstage with Brother Bo and we say a prayer, it calms me. We ask for God's blessing and God's anointing. And even if I'm alone, you know what I do? I plant, uh, I pick a spot, and then I plant myself there, and I I pray to God to use me. See, some of you are going to be doing some important things this week. I don't know what it is. Some of you are going to be doing some significant things this week. And see, here's a practical tip. Maybe it's a presentation you're going to give to a client, or maybe it's a presentation you're going to give to your boss. Or maybe it's a big decision that will alter your life or somebody else's life. Here's the practical tip. Before you do that, you pause and then you pray. You ask the Holy Spirit to guide you, to work in you, and to work for you and through you. Because when you do that, I guarantee you, my dear friends, that simple act puts you in a position of humility that says, I'm not relying on myself, but I am desperate for God's grace in my life because without Him, I will not be able to make a big impact in this world. That's what you need to do. You need to come in a place of humility and say, I need you, Lord. Everybody say, I need you, Lord. One last thing before I let you go. My fellow builder and friend, Velden Lim, you might know him, he's the builder of Feast Bikutan. Once upon a time, he asked this question, are you a moon or a black hole? Can you turn to your neighbor and say, are you a moon or a black hole? Okay, you, you probably don't get it yet, but let me explain. What is a black hole? Here's the technical definition. A black hole is a singular point in space that has such a strong gravitational pull that anything that comes near it, you know what happens? It sucks it in. And then as it sucks it in, it destroys it. Actually, we don't even know what really happens, but that's the theory of scientists and astronomers that everything that comes near, even a planet, even light, it cannot penetrate the black hole because of the gravitational pull that's so strong. Where did the black hole come from? How did it originate? Let me tell you. Once upon a time, a black hole was just a star. A little tiny star. And then all of a sudden, it started getting bigger and bigger and bigger until eventually it exploded and then it died. And then now it's a black hole. I really believe this, that when God created you, He created you to be blessed. Do you agree? He created you to be gifted, to be anointed, to be equipped. You agree? Beyond your wildest imagination. In fact, Paul says this. Paul says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared for us in advance to do. And then John even, even pushes it even further by saying that Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the things that I am doing. But here's the word. 
he will even do greater things. Can you say that? Greater things. One more time. Greater things. He will do greater things than these, for I am going to the Father. So you see, when God made you, He made you to be great. He made you to be a star. He made you to be the light of the world in this dark world. But see, here's the thing. You got to be very careful. Tell your neighbor, be careful. Because some of you might conf confuse my message and think, hey, I'm a star. You might be a star, but you're not the main star. You're not the mega star. You're not Sharon Coneta. Okay, you didn't get it. So you're not that old. Let me jump to another point, all right? That's the brother Bo. That's a joke of brother Bo. You got to laugh. <laughs> Here's my other point. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop this point for a moment. I'll come back to it after. How many of you know Hillsong Church? Raise your hand. Hillsong Church. You know that, right? We sing Hillsong songs here at the feast, even before feast worship. That's a song we've been singing. Anyway, Hillsong Church has this event called Vision Sunday. What is Vision Sunday? Twice a year, semi-annual, they would have an event where they would gather all the servants, all the leaders in one place, and then their lead pastor named Brian Houston would give his vision for the season of that church that year. Okay? There's one servant... That's actually similar to what we do here. Every now and then, we have a servant's general assembly. We have a district assembly where our leader, in the form of Brother Alvin Barcelona, would give his directions for the year. And that's good. But you see, there's one servant, one leader in Hillsong Church. His name is Sammy DeMauro. Sammy DeMauro is the head of the campus. He's a campus pastor of Hillsong, one of the biggest campuses in Australia. About 20, uh, I think 12,000 people come there every single, single week. But you see, Sam shared with us this was in Hillsong, Bali when we attended two, two weeks ago. He said how he, he hated Vision Sunday. He hated Vision Sunday. He did not like to attend, although he was forced to attend because he was a leader. But he said this, that the reason why he hated Vision Sunday was not because it was not a good event. In fact, it was the opposite. It was a good event. But the reason why he hated Vision Sunday was every time he would attend, he would feel left out. He would feel left out because during Vision Sunday, it would be the time that the leader, Brian Houston, would announce to the entire congregation where they would plant a church next. And then he would announce all the new leaders, the young leaders who would be assigned to that church. And for someone like Sammy, who had been serving in campus missions for as long as he can remember, it felt like to him, others' ministries were flourishing, but his ministry was stagnating. Nothing was happening. Nothing was moving. He was just stuck in that place. And so he felt so bad every time somebody new would come along and then he wouldn't be moving. He would still be in that place in Australia. Their life was so exciting and his was so boring. Until one day he decided to change it. He realized that the reason why he felt so bad about Vision Sunday was because he focused too much on himself. He focused too much on his dreams. Now, I'm not telling you to not focus on your dreams, but I'm just telling you that sometimes when you focus on your dreams too much, you don't have space and time to look at the dreams of other people. So what he did was he made a conscious choice. He said, I can't do anything anymore about my dreams, but I realize that other people still have dreams and maybe I can help them realize their dreams. See, he made a conscious decision to say, it's okay for me not to move towards my dreams because there are other people who need to cross the finish line. And you know what? There is so much joy. 
in seeing others cross their finish line. There is so much joy when you journey with people and know that you are part of your journey when they realize their dreams. Can I get an amen? Do you want joy in your life? You want joy in your career? You want joy in your ministry? Here's what you need to do. If you want joy, you need to take your eyes off of yourself and then put it on others. Take your eyes off of yourself and then put it on other people. If Brother Bo did not put his eyes on me, I wouldn't be here standing and preaching to you. But because he's the kind of leader who put his eyes on other people, now we're seeing an influx of new young leaders being raised up all because of a humble leader who said, I'm not going to focus not on my dreams, but I'm going to help the people I serve realize their dreams. Amen. Can I invite you to stand as I close? Everybody inhale, exhale. One more time, inhale, turn to your neighbor and then exhale. <laughs> Let me close. Let me go back to that point about the moon and the black hole. You see, again, ask your neighbor, are you a moon or a black hole? I said this earlier that the reason why a black hole even exists is because it was a star that, that, that grew bigger and then grew bigger until it exploded. It actually really is a warning to you. Because you got to be very careful about being so self-absorbed in your life. Thinking that it's always about you. That you are the epicenter of the universe. That you are the greatest thing to ever happen in this world. That you are God's gift to women or God's gift to man. When you go around thinking with that bloated ego in your head, you know what happens? You're going to get bigger and you're going to get bigger and you're going to get bigger until one day you're going to explode and you'll become a black hole. The Pharisees were a black hole. They were a black hole because all they saw were, were themselves. How amazing they were, how wise they were, how, 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 how righteous they were, how perfect they were. They didn't have time to see other people. And whenever they saw other people and they felt threatened by that person, you know what they would do? They would completely obliterate that person. They would destroy that person. That's why they destroyed Jesus. Because Jesus was greater than them. And they were threatened by Jesus. So you see, that's what happens when you become a black hole. You start sucking instead of giving. Instead of being a, giving, a giver of light, you become a sucker of light. You, you, you suck in the joy. You suck in the light. You suck in the peace. You suck in the love of the people around you. Do you know any suckers out there? You have suckers in your life? Don't be a sucker. Touch your neighbor say, don't be a sucker. Be a giver. John the Baptist was the complete opposite. He wasn't a black hole. In fact, you know what John the Baptist was? Ask me what? He was a moon. Let me explain why. A great and amazing front act will always be like the moon. Because the moon does not generate its own light. The reason why the moon shines bright, especially in the evening, you know what it does? It reflects the light that's coming from the sun. So John's son was actually Jesus. He was radiating the light coming from Jesus into his life, projecting it to the people in front of him, magnifying the glory of God in this world. And you see, you got to be like John the Baptist who would tell people, I'm not the one, but someone is coming 
Someone who is greater than I am, so much greater than I'm not even worthy even to be a slave and carry his sandals. You see, John was saying, I'm not the main act. I'm just the front act. I'm just here to warm the floor. I'm just here to warm the stage. But when the real act comes on, he's not going to be like me, but he's going to be greater than me because his name is Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ comes, miracles happen. When Jesus Christ comes, purpose happens. Come on. When Jesus Christ happens, love comes into the picture. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You got to be like John the Baptist who would humble himself and, and take down his crown and, and, and say, I'm not the one. I'm not the one. I'm just a stage warmer here. After I leave the stage, this is God's stage. That's what you need to do in your life. Amen? Can I invite you to pray? Just close your eyes. Take a deep breath and inhale God's love. And then exhale all the toxins, all the negativity that has been feeding you for months and for weeks. Today you get a fresh start. Today you get a brand new beginning. I don't care how many times you've come here, but today you get a fresh 24 from the Lord. You get fresh grace, fresh anointing, fresh blessing. Let me just pray for you. Father, you are so good, so good. We're just magnified by how amazing you are, how much you love us and how much you forgive us. In light of how big you are, Lord, everything in our life seems so insignificant because you are so big. You are so great. Thank you, Jesus. With the life that you've given us, no matter how small and insignificant the part that we play, we know that now we're just the front act. We're just the bench warmer, Lord. You are the main star. And until you come, we're going to continue doing our part with excellence and with passion and with love and with enthusiasm and with zeal, waiting for your arrival. But even then, Lord, we already declare out loud that you are the biggest thing, the greatest thing, the majesty, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace. You are our Lord and you are our Savior. And we just respond to you in this moment. Come on, let's sing to God of how great He is, how sovereign He is. Come on, everybody, lift your hands and let's worship the Lord. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Light of Jesus family. For more messages like these, visit lightfam.com and click on Feast Teachings.